Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Bet Saratoga this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan and folks... It's probably going to be one of those podcasts. Uh, We already had a few people reach out to us and and say that they they needed to hear from us after this series in Cincinnati. And Brendan, I I guess this is just something that you and I have become known for on this podcast, that when the Cubs piss everybody off, uh, people turn to us to try to make sense of it or, I don't know, get a little catharsis on a, on a Monday morning. What, whatever you're joining us for, we're very happy to have you here on the Cubs-related podcast. But we are not happy, however, no, with the way happy, that no. the Chicago Cubs are playing baseball. They dropped oh. two of three to the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati this weekend, and Brendan, it has been a while since the Cubs won a series. And I was saying to you before we jumped on, I guess that's our punishment for relishing in in that uh, you know what was it eleven series stretch where the Cubs did not lose one. And we talked about how great that was and how amazing that was and and running through those series. And I I made the joke that it was like Arya's kill list on Game of Thrones that I could rile off the teams in order that the Cubs had beaten in those series. And it has been since that sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals at Wrigley Field back on June 7th through 9th since the Cubs won a series, a loss to the Rockies. The Dodgers, a split with the White Sox, a split with the New York Mets, vomit, right? A split Ugh. with the Atlanta Braves, which is actually not bad, and this loss to the Cincinnati Reds. So, Brendan, I- I'm going to go out on a limb here. You and I only <sighs> talked briefly before jumping on today. Uh, I- I'm going to guess you're not in a great mood. No, I'm not I'm not happy. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not happy. And I get the Cubs are still, right now as we talk, for, in first place. 
I get their six games over 500. I get they have Javi Baez, Contreras, Rizzo, and Bryant. I, I, I get it. That's why I'm kind of pissed off here. Other than that, a lot of what we've been told the past few months, production over talent, that's not being applied. You know, urgency on getaway day, that's not being applied. And I think at some point, it is fair to talk about it in a not-so-happy sense. So there's a lot to get into. <laughs> We're going to get into Descalso. I, I, I know it. But overall, Corey, my, my mindset is, yeah, I am pissed off. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can be pissed off at the same time, be optimistic. But there's nothing recently in the last three weeks that inspires a lot of optimism. It does the opposite. It makes me really question what is going on here. What on earth are we witnessing? Because this is not the same type of play we saw in 2016, parts of 2017, parts of 2018. It's very unfamiliar to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that preface is is a good one. You guys know here on the Cubs Related Podcast, we love a good preface. Uh, and and I, I say that, you know, somewhat in, in, in jest, uh, but it, it is true. Like we, we as fans and, you know, uh, part-time analysts and, you know, Brendan and I blog, I know a lot of you out there blog and have your own podcast, etc., and I think as as fans, we need to be allowed to evaluate things that we're seeing on a daily basis and even in short samples without necessarily indicting the operation as a whole or, you know, throwing the season in the garbage or anything like that. Like, we can say the Cubs are not playing good baseball right now, and they haven't been for a little while here. They they finished the month of June under 500 at 14 and 15. Yeah. And I think that we can talk about that and complain about that and lament that without necessarily that equaling us, you know, saying, oh, the season's over, trade everybody, fire everybody, because I don't think that's what we're doing here. So, you know, I I think that that's just an important way to start this conversation by just saying, like, let's just take take it for what it is. It doesn't have to be extrapolated out to anything larger, but they're not playing well. And actually— I mean, this is—honestly, this is the most upset that I've been at this performance— I think even more than last year. I think even more than that September stretch last year, which, by the way, they still went, what, 15 and 12? This right. is the most upset I've been since early 2017. So it's... It, yeah. There's so many ways to go with this, Corey. It's just I can't believe we're still talking about the same issues that we were talking about three years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever it was. It's so infuriating. Yeah, so here, here's how I want to do this. Uh, we're going to... I think get get this out first. We're gonna you know get our frustrations out first. Uh, hopefully you can and can join us in that. You know maybe you guys are on the same page. Uh, then we will talk about obviously the Cole Hamels injury. That's big news. Kyle Hendricks returning to the rotation in this upcoming week. So a couple of big roster notes there. We will also talk about Jason Hayward, who is on absolute fire. I think uh, no yeah, no him. question yep. playing the best baseball we have seen him play in a Chicago Cubs uniform. He is doing it all over the field and in Cincinnati was on full display, making great catches. Uh, Nick Senzel must be the happiest man on earth to see <laughs> Jason Hayward leaving Cincinnati because they were showing that montage on the game today. Uh, during the broadcast. And I mean, he has robbed him like in every single game of <laughs> extra base hits and hits. He robbed him of a home run in Sunday's game. And he's in one of the best offensive stretches that we have seen from Jason Hayward. So we will talk about that. And 
you know, anything else that comes up. But I'm I'm actually I'm gonna I'm not gonna recap these games. All right, like yeah. they dropped two yeah. of three. Y- y'all watch what happened. We don't need to run through it. Okay. The the big thing from the the positive standpoint in this series is obviously the Javi Baez Grand Slam, huge moment. Gives the Cubs distance in that game on Saturday. Helps them get a nice, easy win. That was a good game. Q was good in that game. Six strong shutout innings. A good bounce-back start for him. So those are the positives. But you guys don't want to hear me recap how the Reds won two out of three games. So we're just going to skip it this time, okay? But, Brendan, here's where I want to start. And this is something that we talked about. And we've been over it right? And I mean, we've been over it in the sense that we've covered it, and we've been over it in the sense of we're done with it. But this is going to be the, this is going to be that podcast. We're going to put this issue on blast. We're going to roast it. Right now. We're going to torch it. Right now. All right? This is it, okay? This is it. Brendan. Brendan. I'm going to (laughs) read you two offensive lines. I want you to tell me who you think each person is, okay? We're going to play a fun little game here, and I think you can tell by my tone that it's not fun at all. All right? You ready? (laughs) You at home, you at home, write down your guess. See if you can get this one too, okay? Player A, I'm going to do batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and WRC+. Remember, 100 is league average, below is worse, above is better. Okay, Brendan, are you ready? I'm ready. Player A, 190 batting average, 320 on base percentage, 238 slugging percentage, and a 60 WRC+. That's player A. Player B has a 182 batting average, a 282 on base percentage, a 266 slugging percentage, and a 50 WRC+. Brendan, who is player A and who is player B? One of them has to be a pitcher, right? I'm going to let you decide. I don't know. What? Descalso is batting 190? Is that, is that who it is? I mean, yeah, I'll go with player A, Descalso, batting 190 with those terrible numbers. Player B, I don't know. John Lester? Even Lester has a better stat line, I feel like, than Descalso. So maybe it's not even uh, John Lester. Who, who is it? So you have the two players correct, but you made the incorrect decision to give Descalso the better line. Is Descalso worse than Lester? Seriously? He is. Isn't this a fun oh game? I told God. you guys it was going to be fun. You think I'm lying? So He's worse than John, John Lester. John Lester has a 264 Woba and a 60 WRC+. Daniel Descalso has a 249 Woba and a 50 WRC+. Brendan, why is this man getting I can't, I can't playing time on this team? What is going I on? It. I don't get it. He has a negative 0.7 war, Corey. That's unacceptable. And only 174 plate appearances. He does not even qualify to be in the bottom tier of the league because he's not even playing at a league qualified level. Every time he steps foot on the field, he hurts the team, Corey. Every single time. Well, that, I mean, look, Brendan, like, that's laughable at this point. And, and I, I, we've said before, like, you don't have to take everything that Theo Epstein says in a press conference as gospel. We've certainly heard him give press conferences where, like, right away, you know, like, okay, some of this is not necessarily uh, 100% accurate or he's, you know, not giving us everything, right? Because he doesn't have to. But that's a joke. At this point, I don't. I don't ever want to hear that phrase again. Production over talent, my butt, 
Brendan. All right. You yeah. are pl- twice in this week, you have given a start at second base to a sub replacement level player. Brendan, that's what the stat is for. The whole point yeah. is that if you are below replacement level, the whole definition of of the phrase is that it's a readily accessible player for any organization to just get this replace them with what is going on he's he's worse than than John Lester and like I love that stat right I love Johnny love what he does at the plate but he's a pitcher guys like that's like in good fun yeah. like that he's <laughs> that he's hitting well we shouldn't have the the starting baseman at second base putting up those numbers this team has a 200 million dollar plus payroll they're in first place they're one of the biggest franchises in sports I don't want to hear about Discalso's two-year contract or this guy has options they need to protect or they don't want this guy to get DFA'd, whatever. You are playing a sub-replacement level player. He's slow. He's bad on defense. He's doing nothing at the plate. He can take a walk. I'll give him that, right? But guys, (laughs) this has to stop. And I brought this up on the last podcast but like, you know, and, and we've gone through this whole issue, right? So I'm not, I, I'm, we're not going to relitigate this every time. Like y'all y- know where we stand on Addison Russell at this point in the world. But the difference between those two players is miles, man. Like at least Russell is going to give you a really good glove at second base and he's been hitting better, right? He's he's still below league average in terms of all these offensive numbers. And as I've said a million times, I don't think that's going to change. It hasn't changed in his first four years in the league. I don't think it's going to change now. But it's a, it's, it's a non-decision. And I know on Sunday you want to give Javi a day off. Well, then you need to plan better so that Bodie and Russell are the ones covering the middle of the infield or some other version of this. But Brennan, you, you can't be doing this anymore. I it's, can't. it's done. I can't. It's over. It's a joke. You're not 10 games up in the division. You're up by a game in the division. The Pirates and Brewers, as we record this, it's 4-15 in Chicago. They're tied at one. So if the Brewers lose, the Cubs stay in first place. If they win, then they're tied. Like, you're not, this isn't the summer of 2016. You're not 15 games in first place where you can, you know, say, well, we want to get Descalso going. We think he could be a, a good bench bat going forward, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't have that luxury, man. And we've I said know. this before, like, I'm not the one that was using the word urgency every five minutes all offseason. That was them. That was the front office. That was the manager. That was the organizational philosophy. And we're not seeing it. See, the, the problem I have, too, is... It's been exhausted. It's we're past a halfway mark. And what else does someone like a Robo Garcia have to do to get an opportunity, right? And I understand he has a 35% whiff or strikeout rate in AAA. I, I get that. The underlying peripherals too may suggest that strikeout rate is not as bad as it should be. He has a better swinging strike rate than Ian Hap, Corey. He's making more contact than Ian Happ, okay? That's not an indictment on Happ. It's it's a comparison. He's making the same amount of contact as Trent Jambroni, okay? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. That's how I'm going with it. I'm pissed. He should get an opportunity, right? And 
what else are you waiting for with Del Scalso? He can only play second base. He's such a poor defender, or rather a lackluster defender, that he has the inability to play third base, to play shortstop. He's strictly a bad second baseman. And the Cubs are six games above 500. His performance today in Sunday's game cost John Lester a run. Couldn't get to the pop-up. Couldn't tag. Can't run. Poor, poor to batted balls. It cost him a game. I'm sorry it did. His performance when he's on the field hurts the Cubs dramatically, obviously. And if you're in a clubhouse, if you're playing on this team and you see someone like this keep getting opportunities, I'm pissed. Yeah. If I'm Ian Happ and I'm, I'm getting sent down three days before opening day to work on my stuff, that's fine. That's fine. But if you look up at the team ahead of you and you see Del Scalso doing this, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. And I just, that's what it comes down to me is it's fine if you want to give guys opportunities early on. I was for the Carlos Gonzalez thing, the Descalso signing, you know, didn't like it. Sorry, I didn't really like it that much. $3 million, didn't like it. But you can see the logic going there. Veteran hitter, had a decent year. Whether or not you want to extrapolate that and think that could continue this year, it hasn't. That was up to you at the time. But you can at least get behind the logic. We're in July now. In July, only maybe tied going into Monday with the Brewers. Something has to give. That's where it comes down to. It's just enough is enough, Corey. If you're going to talk about that day, having that present mindset, being urgent, whatever you want to call it, what on earth is Descalso doing to inspire the optimism that he will change and produce not only today, but even in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks? You think Descalso is going to turn around in two months to be a productive contributor to this team? No way. There's no shot that happens. Give someone else an opportunity to do it. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Kaiser is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x-ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser permanently. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, Middle Experts, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, I'm with you. And and again, like this is just you, you're in, in the division that you're in, in, in where we are in this season. You just don't have that luxury. Like you said, I'm all for this stuff at the beginning of the year. And I thought like it's it's weird because I thought they maybe went a little long with the cargo thing. Um, who, but at least they caught bait. Right. You know, who who was they, they uh, DFA'd over the weekend. We didn't mention that. But, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys know that. But we're a little angry. So we're not necessarily – uh, covering all the housekeeping stuff, you know? Um, but that was fine. It was like, let's see what this guy has. Let's get him in there in some good matchups. If it works, great. If not, they cut bait like they did, right? It's low risk, high reward, and it didn't work. They moved on. It's fine. But like, we're getting near July here. Like, you're, you need, you're going to head to the point where you're playing a lot of very tight, important baseball. And the way that Major League Baseball has scheduled these games now, like a lot of the division games are staggered at the end of the year. And you just have these stretches coming up where 
it's not going to be easy, right? Like you're not looking at the, and, and we've gone through easy stretches recently and the Cubs didn't play that well. So you just don't have that luxury to have that attitude with so many different things like, well, we want to get this guy going or we want this guy to get going because we think he's going to play a role going forward. Like you don't have time for that. This team needs to have their best players on the field every day. I said this in the last episode, and I'm going to say it again. They're not doing that. This is not the best 25-man roster that the Chicago Cubs can be putting out. And I am not by any means saying that, you know, someone like Robel Garcia is assuredly the answer and like, you know, it's it's a no-brainer that that that's going to work and whatever, but like you just said, Brendan, discount, give, someone right, give somebody who might on. do better an opportunity. Discalso had one good year in his career, and it was last year, and he is not repeating any of those metrics, none of those peripherals, batted ball data, exit velo, launch angle, barrel rate, none of that is repeating itself. He's not that person, Right. It didn't work, but you, you in July, as we're like a couple days away here, like you cannot be giving starts to sub-replacement level players. I don't even, yeah. I can't believe that that's something I have to say, you know? Like I went and looked, yeah. the, the Orioles start one person with a, an OPS worse than Daniel Descalso, and it's Chris Davis, like someone they gave a monster contract to who is just plummeting, Right which is a totally different situation. They're a terrible team, right? Like, you're looking at this going like, yeah, this is something the Orioles do because who cares? This is not something that the Cubs should be doing in a a division where they're up a game or tied or whatever it's going to be come Monday morning. This has to stop. And I I think that that's really all there is to say on this, but it it has to stop. And yeah, I think like like you're saying... Garcia may not be the answer, and I'm not saying he even is the answer. I have questions about his performance, just like most do, but we're four weeks away from the trade deadline, and right now, they, they're going to have to make a deal. You can't be trotting out these guys six through nine on a daily basis right now with any type of reliability. When Javi sits, Corey, the lineup five through nine is un, unprojectable. It's just not projectable. Like David Bodie, hope he gets more chances, but to rely on David Bodie may not be the right course of action. I love Bodie. I've always said that. With Russell, you have zero idea what you will get offensively from Russell. Omora, same thing. Zero idea. Something has to give. And to get to the point where you can make sound solutions or try to address these issues, I think we may be past that point. I I would I would be floored if Garcia does not get an opportunity before the All-Star break. We heard all offseason about urgency and production over talent. It's time to see it. Okay? Yep. It's time to see it. This yep. is ridiculous. Okay? Yep. And we're going to end it there with this Descalso rant. But I don't want to— Hopefully s- the last time we ever I, talk I don't want to see this guy <laughs> starting anymore. It's a joke, man. It's offensive yeah. to all of us that spend our time watching these games and who listen and, and take— the words of this front office, especially Theo, 
to heart and and who pay attention to this team uh, on a daily basis. It's insulting, frankly, that they they preach all these things and they're just running this guy out there while he's literally below replacement level and hitting worse than one of our pitchers who and and it, you you know not to like jab at John, right? But we're comparing him to a pitcher who went the first 60 at bats of his career without a hit. Like come on. Like, this is a joke. Like, this should not be a conversation that we're having. (laughs) Brendan literally got fooled into thinking that Descalso had the better line than John Lester. Like, come on, guys. Urgency. Like, is that a joke? Were they being sarcastic? Like, I'm just not really sure what to even make of this at this point, but it's got to stop. Again, if I'm I'm a player in the Cubs, too, and I said this, I don't know even if if I even said this on air at, at some point, but... I did not like the tone of Theo's end of season press conference in 2018. Yeah, I yeah, and loved Theo. The front office they were revolutionary in 2012, 2013. Really, I think they kind of changed the way the paradigm thinking of, of front offices drastically. What I don't like though with Theo in that particular instance was if I'm a player for the Cubs, I don't want my boss to say those things a day after we lost. I don't think an exit interview for an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it was, before you get on the mic is enough to grasp the level of seriousness that 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 loss was. So I did not like that. And again, it's fine if you have those those ideas where production over talent, you want to say that to the media, go, go for it. That That's fine. But as a player, I'm not happy about that. And when I see other teammates not getting opportunities because someone does not deserve it, I'm pissed off. Again, if I'm David Bodie, if I'm David Bodie, I am pissed the heck off that I'm losing at bats to Daniel Descalso, Corey. That is not settled well with me. And it does, I think, provide some type of distrust between management and players. Who, who knows, right? We're outsiders looking in. But I'm just, my feelings are, if the front office and your boss is going to put the team on blast, Theo did. He put the team on blast. I don't care if he talked to the other players and they knew about it. He publicly went to the media, said this team was broken. And partially that was his responsibility, as he said. If I'm Rizzo, that does not sit well with me. Yeah, again, so I think that's where we'll leave that. And I want to go back to the way we preface this conversation by saying that part of the reason that Brendan and I, and I think a lot of you, I mean, looking at, I, I follow a lot of you guys that, that listen to us. If you tweet at me and ever like mention the pod, I, I usually follow right back. I, I very much appreciate you guys listening to the pod and interacting with us. So I do see a lot of like what you guys are thinking and saying, and it seems like almost all of you were with us on this. And and the reason that we get so heated about this is because this team is better than this. Like a, a team that has Rizzo, Bryant, Javi, Wilson, and especially now, and we'll transition to this here, like with the way Hayward is playing, like this, this team should be better than this. You go out and you get Kimbrell yeah. to I- inject that life into this bullpen. And, and this bullpen has been so much better over the last stretch of baseball, and and you see the immediate impact of pushing everybody down and having Kimbrell in there and what it can do to the roles for these guys. This team should be better than this. This team should not be having sub-500 months of baseball and three-week stretches where they don't win a freaking series. Like they're, and it seems preventable. Those are preventable right. losses, which is the most infuriating, the most infuriating aspect infuriating of the stretch. is that 
you just don't get the sense that right now, and for really a large part of this season, it goes back to the you know the way that they address the bullpen and why everybody was so up in arms with the bullpen going into the season. You just don't feel like they have been putting their best foot forward at every opportunity. And again, early in the year, that's fine, right? You you have a, a, a big roster, you've got a big payroll, and it's fine to say, you know what, we want to try some of these guys in the bullpen. We're going to try this like ragtag group. And if it doesn't work, we're going to address it quickly, which they did, right? They send Edwards down after the first three series of the year. They're making moves the entire year now. Like they've been aggressive on that front. But in other areas, it just doesn't feel like that same, to go back to the word of the, you know, Pee-wee's word of the day, right? Like urgency, urgency. you just don't yeah. feel it. And, you know, again, we we are seeing some of the same issues plague this team that, that we have heard and, and seen them talk about wanting to address and wanting to be better at. And, you know, it it's one of those things like the runners in scoring position issue, Brendan. And we've gone over before, right, that a team like the Cubs that gets on base at a good clip, has a lot of guys that take walks, you know, they're, they're going to have more opportunities with runners in scoring position than teams that don't hit at all, right? But the numbers for some of these guys just aren't good. There's no way to no. sugarcoat that. And when you look at, like, the batted ball information from a lot of these guys, it's not good. We we went over, I think it was um, in one of the most recent episodes that, you know, the Cubs are near the top of the league. I think in somewhere in this series, Len Casper on the broadcast mentioned that the Cubs were second in the league with ground ball rate, right? Like, y'all are watching what's going on in baseball right now. Everybody's hitting home runs at record-setting clips. Does it seem like a good time to be putting the ball on the ground more, especially with, like, the way teams are shifting and the ball is flying out of these stadiums? Like, I don't—I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think so, Brendan. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just been a frustrating stretch. And, and, and like we said, like, there, there's, there's just too much talent within this, you know, within this 25-man roster and especially this position player group— it it shouldn't be like this. That that's like the the easiest yeah, way for me to say that. Like when you it. have a, a top five or top six performing the way they are, like you just shouldn't be having these conversations. And it just gets very frustrating to see the results over such a long stretch of time. Yeah. So I went to go back and I use expected weighted on base average to capture launch angle, to capture exit velocity, the location at which they hit the ball, everything, right? Into a predictive type stat. So that's why I'm using expected weighted on base average here. No one, Corey, on this roster since the start of 2018 has an expected weighted on base average over 345. That's it. No one. The list, and I'm not I hate doing this too because it's always very easy to misinterpret this as indicting this team. I'm not. But these are these are facts. This is how it is. And we got to talk about why this is happening. Chris Bryant, 325 expected weighted on base average with runners in scoring position. That's not good. Schwarber, 305. Not good. Contreras, 288. Not good. Can't happen. Rizzo, 337. That can't happen either. Baez, 342. He's your cleanup hitter. Love Javi. A lot of clutch moments this year. That's not good enough. The only player above 345 that's not even a starter full-time is David Bodie. Unsurprisingly, David Bodie. 
373 expected weighted on base average, 123 chances with runners in scoring position. The rest have at least 200 or around 200. What what is going on here? These guys, their overall numbers are insane. Rizzo, year in, year out, one of the best first basemen offensively. Chris Bryant, one of the top hitters in the league every single year. Javi Baez, second to the MVP voting. This year, we will be right back up there. Contreras, top 10 weighted on base average hitter this year. So what is, like, how do we get to this point where the sample is large, right? This is almost a year and a half worth of data now. And it's matching what we're seeing. It's matching the questions these guys are being asked. Madden's frustrated about it. He was frustrated about it after talking about it the last series. He has no explanation. The Cubs have been through three hitting coaches in three seasons to try to fix this. Joe Madden hired or nudged or was a significant aspect of hiring Chili Davis. Did not work. So what is going on here where you have hitters who are among the best in the league? I've never seen talent like Javi Baez, a shortstop. Uh, Chris Bryant's a multi-positional talented player. Tons of power. But for some reason, when there's guys on second base or third base, they don't perform similarly when they're off base. And that's usually the, usually the opposite. Usually guys' offensive numbers, they improve when there's runners on base. The pitcher typically doesn't do as well out of the stretch. What on earth, Corey, is going on? Why, why is it like this? Seriously, what, what do you think the, the issue is? I'm not sure, man. Honestly, it's it's I mean, a little those weird. Are, those are bad numbers. Like I said, I'm sorry, those, I, I are, mean, those are bad numbers. I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure because I just think like the, the, the big hitters on this team are really good and, and put up really good numbers overall. And, you know, like we were just reading, like Wilson Contreras has been one of the best hitters in the league so far this year from the, not just as like a catcher of anybody. And why those numbers don't translate to runners in scoring position and, and why they find themselves struggling with this issue every year, I really don't know. And and it's one of those things where like they've clearly had an eye on it, right? They, they've been moving hitting coaches. They've tried a bunch of different approaches. Um, and we've seen a lot of these guys individually make really significant adjustments throughout their time with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you know, you and I in particular have cataloged a lot of them with, with video and, and some of the articles at CubsInsider.com. So I don't know. Man, I like I really don't know. Uh, this is where like I kind of just have to look at the numbers. Like I, you, you know, you guys know I didn't play baseball, so like I, I can't like get into the mind of the hitters here and <laughs> and try to like think about what's different in the approach with runners in scoring position or whatever. But it's you know it's one of those things where it's rather annoying that this is an issue that keeps persisting and. It, it was one of the hallmarks of spring training. Right. When we had Jordan Bashton, Cubs MLB.com beat writer, come on the podcast in spring training, he was really emphasizing what Joe Madden was doing, where they called situational hitting opportunity hitting. And they go out there, and Madden is 30 feet away from the hitters. He has a, uh, one of those machines where you just drop the ball in and it goes right to the home plate. Small baseballs, it simulates 90-mile-per-hour heat, and Joe Madden calls out situations, and the hitter have to have to react accordingly. They, they put so much emphasis on this. You're still not seeing the results. And again, they've tried it. Like you just said, they've tried it with three different hitting coaches. What, like what, what is going on here? 
Is it a coaching staff issue? Is it just the nature of these guys as hitters? Is it poor development going through the system? I don't have an answer for that. And even at times in 2016, they still did that. I think we can look at the playoff when, when, when they won the World Series, if I need to remind you. But there were still times when the inconsistencies were so obvious. And I don't understand why. And even reading Javi Baez's numbers, I'm floored that his run production or his batter ball portfolio is a little bit above league average with runners in scoring position. I am floored with that because it doesn't match kind of what you expect or what you see. And so that's where it comes down to to my frustration. Ultimately, I think even more than Descalso is just they're not maximizing these guys' talent. And whether that's a coaching issue, a player issue, who knows, right? We don't, we don't know the answers to that. But I do think deep down, and I only played high school baseball, right? So I'm not, I'm not at that level. But deep, deep down, I think when you get outside of your normal plate approach and you stress something so much differently than when you have guys off base, it gets you out of your overall zone. And it, it, it makes you someone who you're not. Most of these guys get plate appearances with men, on, with men off base. And that's their approach. And when the coaching staff, the front office, they try to implement something that is noticeably different, opportunity hitting is a philosophical shift from the norm, from with guys off base. That's a shift. That's not working. So I do think maybe there's too much emphasis on trying to do something different with men on base. Maybe that's not the right approach because it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked for not one year with this news change. Hasn't worked for three years with three different hitting coaches. At some point, you have to recognize what they're doing is just not productive. And maybe they just need to get away from that high emphasis of situational hitting and just let these guys be who they are. I'm not really sure how to how to solve that, but I do want to transition to someone who is doing really well uh, and who deserves the praise, and that is Jason Hayward, who put on yeah. a, an absolute clinic this weekend in Cincinnati. It's a shame that, you know, the, the team as a whole doesn't, you know, pay that off, which is really cruel in a way, right, Brendan? Like, when you look back with, you know, how often we've litigated Jason Hayward's swing and his overall production, right? Like, now he's on this, like, epic tear uh, over the last, like, month or so, especially, and the rest of the team is, you know, not making it live up to anything. He hits two homers in the game on Sunday, he robs a home run, and it's not enough. So there's some sort of, like, cruel irony there. Uh, that's really not funny. But I want to read, and this was prior to uh, some of the games this weekend, but even just coming in to Saturday's game, uh, this one from Brett at Bleacher Nation, and he tweeted out, coming in to Saturday's game over the last month, Hayward was slashing 330-374-550 with a 138 WRC+. And his overall numbers on the season now after this series in Cincinnati, he's got 14 home runs, which is a, a Cubs career high for Hayward. So every homer he hits now is just going to keep increasing that total. He's got 
37 runs batted in, a 271 batting average, 362 on base percentage, 473 slugging, which is good for a 350 Woba and a 116 WRC+. When you combine that with his base running and the defense that he plays, especially in right field, he's he's one of the best in, in the game in right field. It, it takes a, a bit of a dip, which is kind of weird in center field, but that's a discussion yeah, that's for a, a different day. He's one of the best in right field, no questions asked, right? Like, he is a super valuable player, even if he's, like, close to league average. When he's hitting like this, though, this is the player that the Cubs envisioned in the first place when they signed him. And we've said this before, but it it, it bears repeating that you really cannot give this guy enough credit for making these adjustments and sticking with this process, right? We've covered every time he's one of, if not the earliest player that shows up in Mesa to get those extra hacks in in the offseason to start that program to make the adjustments on his swing. He's one of the first guys that that shows up in camp to do that work with with the hitting coaches and and the rest of the staff. He could have very easily put his head down, collected his money, and just said, you know what, the status quo is fine. And he has done anything but that. He continues to work. He continues to have, I think, one of the best attitudes on the team about anything. Anytime they ever talk to him, he's positive. He's confident. He is always trying to get better. And so it's all just to say that that this stretch where he's just on fire and this season as a whole, like like I said, he you know he's got the most home runs he's hit as a Chicago Cub going forward here. It, it couldn't happen to someone that deserves it more. He has has done nothing but put the work in and try to get better from where he started his Cubs career, and those results are paying off, Brendan. And Hayward's got to a point now where he is a significant part of this team's infrastructure, where the Cubs now, they need Hayward to produce. Like they could, they could get away with it in 2016, 2017, 2018, because they had Ben Zobris. They had the positional flexibility to move guys around. They don't have that right now. The depth is not there. And now Hayward, when the Cubs have to solely rely on him to play almost every day, he's performing and he should be applauded for that. That goes back to... I think the the overall frustration that we were expressing in the beginning, like you've got Schwarber playing really well. He hits an opposite field home run for his 18th of the year on Sunday. Chris Bryant is Chris Bryant, Rizzo's Rizzo, Baez, Contreras. And now you've got Hayward performing like this, like the team should be playing better, right? And, and I think that that's where that frustration really comes in is that you feel like those guys in particular are being a bit shortchanged by the rest of the position players and and that lineup not feeling a little lengthier and you just really wish that when you were getting seasons like this from from those top guys in particular that it was leading to kind of what we were hoping for coming into this season where we were getting back to like Jed Hoyer talked about last year that relentless offense that we've seen from this Cubs group at times where you know that these pitchers go out there and they just dread facing this group. And it's kind of been a lot of the opposite this year. Like how many times, Brendan, have we seen a guy come into, and this was another one where like you're listening to the broadcast and they're going, yeah, Descalfani has had some up and down results. He's struggled against these guys. And you know, he's through what, six innings and the Cubs have done nothing today yeah on Sunday yeah, and it's, it's like how many times has that happened and it, it just gets old at a certain point I wonder if that's like an intentional plate approach change too because I mean the first inning they got through what the first three hitters and six pitches and they're they're trying to jump on those first two pitches it seems like 
that's not working either. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. It, again, it's all. It's all, it really all goes back to the way we kind of preface that Daniel Descalso discussion, where it's just like that's why we're so frustrated, and that's why we are kind of like putting this stuff. Uh, you know, like we're burning it at the stake, so to speak. Like because this team should be better than this. We believe in this team, and and to a degree where it's just like they should not be under 500 in the month of June. They should not lose three series and be three and six on the season to the Cincinnati Reds. Like they're just better than this. They, they should be better than this. They, they, they have the payroll, they put in the work, and they have a lot of pieces on this roster that should just be better than this. And it's frustrating when, when that's not the result that you're getting. So Anyway, uh, let's transition to the roster news. Uh, Again, Cole Hamels hits the injured list uh, with an oblique injury, and Kyle Hendricks coming back on Tuesday. So it's kind of a, you get a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. And my initial reaction, Brendan, to the Hamels thing is obviously that that sucks. There, there's no real way to spin that one in a positive. And, And I've been kind of looking at this um, in two different ways, right? Where it's like the the first way is Cole Hamels has been unbelievable since he's been with the Chicago Cub. He's been one of the best pitchers in certainly the National League, if not all of baseball. Since he's had a Cubs uniform on, his numbers at Wrigley Field are eye-popping. His numbers against the Cardinals have been even more eye-popping. He's just been really, really good for the Chicago Cubs. So the first way I've been looking at this is you're losing a guy who's basically been your best pitcher for almost a calendar year now, right? We're like, what, a month away from when they acquired him-ish last in the, in the 2018 yep. season? So like almost a calendar year, like this guy's been your best pitcher. And Hendricks has certainly gone through stretches where he would be in that conversation, but it's been Cole Hamels. So that's not easy to replicate, right? Like, you, you, you know, you're kind of asking one of these guys to replicate production that they have not been doing. And so that stinks, right? There, there's no good way to spin that, and you just hope that it's not as significant of an injury and that Hamels is able to come back down the stretch and be as good for this team. The other side of that coin, though, is that the Cubs are, like, this isn't a death blow or, like, a, a nuclear situation for this team, right? They, they are better equipped, I think, than most to have a starting pitcher go out. And I'm not over here like clamoring like yes like Chatwood gets to start more Montgomery gets to start more like <laughs> no but you do already have guys on this roster who are stretched out who have experience starting and who have given you good starts at times right it's certainly been up and down with both Chatwood and Montgomery to different degrees Alzelay's up he's going to get another go on Monday and you know maybe he sticks around So it's all just to say, like, A, it really stinks because Hamels has been your best pitcher, and that is not easy to replicate that production. But also, especially with Hendricks coming back and that injury not being as serious as, you know, maybe we feared, like, when it first happened, he's back before the All-Star break. So, like, everything progressed on that really nicely. The Cubs are in a decent position to at least, you know, 
deal with it, right? Like I think other teams, right. if something like this happens, it's it's a way bigger deal. And they're maybe in a position where they're just searching for like able-bodied human beings to take these starts, right? And the, the Cubs are, are not in that position. Like, again, I'm not like, if it's Chatwood or Montgomery, whatever, like I'm not... I'm not going to be looking forward to those starts. Let's put it that way. But it's but they're, capable. They're, they're capable, right? Like they're, they're prepared capable. for this in so much as you can be. Bring back Hamels, 20 million, good deal. And even in AAA this year, someone like Colin Ray, for example, pretty good. 28 years old. He has a 3.27 ERA. He could be a guy up. We, of course, have Adbert Alzolai, who's going to replace Hendricks or rather uh, Hamels, I guess, in the short term. And then you have Chatwood and Montgomery as additional potential depth pieces. So the Cubs, at the very least, they have that starting pitching depth. And I know with the age of the rotation, that was a necessity to create. And they did create that depth. So that is something to be happy about. With with Hamels, you hope there is some optimism based on what he said after that injury where he said the severity of the oblique injury compared to the one he had in 2017, which was on his opposite side of the the one he currently has now, he doesn't believe it to be as serious, and he was out for two months in 2017 with that oblique strain. So until we get that MRI result back, it's hard to expect when he'll be back, but if you take his words at full face value, you know maybe you're looking at six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it ends up being, and the Cubs are more than capable of filling those starts. And they may not be to the level that Hamels has performed, but you can at least hope for borderline league average. And with the way the other guys in the rotation have been performing, with Hendricks coming back, with Lester, which I thought he looked decent even in that last game against the Reds. With Darvish, he's had a pretty good last uh, eight or so starts. This, <laughs> the full sample, use my words caution, uh, cautiously there. You at least expect something to be you know league average at at worst maybe with this rotation with Hamels out and that's something I think to be optimistic about because the Cubs if anyone else does go down you know god forbid at least right now they have the depth to to pick everyone up and to to continue that type of quality starting pitching we've seen the entire year our homes today are like little cities full of different internetting boroughs like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town, from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, it you know sort of works out almost like it did last year, right? Where you're down the stretch and you inject veteran, really good Cole Hamels back into this rotation. So, yeah, but I mean, I don't think he'll be back. I mean, I, who knows, right? But if he's back at the earliest in September, I, I would be pretty surprised. Part it's of possible, it, yeah. yeah, it's possible. But I, I think six to eight weeks, 
you get more of Alzoli. I guess that's a silver lining. They're, they should be fine. Yeah. So before we preview this upcoming series here, the the only other thing I wanted to touch on, and we don't have to delve into this too much because, you know, really with the way the series ends up, it's hard to feel as like passionate about it. But I do just want to declare something uh, on this podcast. And that is, I, I know that the expression and the hashtag and everything is Puig your friend. Well, I, I want to go on record here not your friend of the Cubs-related podcast, okay? No, Officially, not, no. Yasiel Puig Officially. is not a friend of the Cubs-related podcast. What an embarrassing act that was. You come, you know, you know we, talk, it's, we, we just talked about this with Tyler Flowers, so I don't think I have to remind you guys that we're going to defend our boys here. But this is different. I love Wilson Contreras. I love him to death. But y'all know that Pedro Strope is the friend of this podcast, Okay. Oh, yeah. So you come for the king. All right. Like, we're going to defend him and we are going to be angry about it. Uh, That's really all I have to say on the matter. Um, Don't act like a clown in the batter's box if you don't want the pitcher to deal with it. I'm never an advocate for throwing at people, and I kind of would have preferred Strope not done it. But. He didn't start it. This is Major League Baseball. Like, these are how these guys he didn't, operate. He don't, didn't start it. So Puig is, you know, being demonstrative, stepping out of the batter's box. That's the most embarrassing display from a hitter I've ever seen at the yeah. level. And to so, literally complain about the pitches you're receiving and then just sit there the very next pitch. Uh, that That's embarrassing. If I'm a teammate of Puig... I'm I'm in your face. What is that? That is unacceptable. Yeah. So I I don't love throwing it, guys. I think you guys know that. That's not my preferred course of action. Um, But Strope didn't start anything. So, uh, and like I said, like you come for the king, like we're going to defend him. Like you you don't come for Pedro Strope. That is a full stop. All right. Hats to the left. I'll take a bullet for you, Pedro. Okay. (laughs) Like don't come for Pedro Strope. Or, or we're going to be right there defending him. That's that's the end of the discussion, really. Like, yep. don't, the official, don't come at Pedro Strope ever, okay? Yep, that is the official stance of the Cubs-related <laughs> yeah. podcast, is Puig is indeed, as Strope said, he's stupid. It is, everyone knows it, like Strope said, he's stupid. All right, so let's uh, preview this upcoming series in Pittsburgh, a four-game set in Pittsburgh starting Monday night. You can get tickets to this series through SeatGeek with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. SeatGeek proves there's a better way. They built the fastest way to find tickets, so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and just start enjoying it. Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? A quick look at the App Store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced deals on their very easy-to-use interactive seat map. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. You guys know I always use SeatGeek on my phone. I get all my baseball tickets through them. The Cubs will be going to San Diego in about two months. I already bought tickets to that series through SeatGeek. took me five minutes. My dad's going to travel out there and meet me there. I bought tickets for my family, friends. So easy to use. And I know I'm getting the best price no matter what. SeatGeek will even give you guys, our listeners, $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code CUBSRELATED for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code CUBSRELATED for $10 off your first purchase. Okay. Adbert Alzolai gets to start the first of the four-game set. 
who's 1-0 with a 2.08 ERA. He'll be facing Trevor Williams for the Pirates, who's 2-2 with a 4.25 ERA. That game starts at 6.05 p.m. Central. And then on Tuesday, the, the Pirates have not announced their complete rotation. So after Monday, they're still dealing with things, but the Cubs have announced their rotation. So I'll just name those guys. Kyle Hendricks, 7-5, 3.36 ERA. That game starts again at 6.05 p.m. Central. On Wednesday, Yu Darvish on the mound for the Cubs, 2-4 with a 4.98 ERA. Same start time, 6.05 p.m. And then on Thursday, Q will finish off the series. He's 5-7 with a 4.21 ERA. That game starts a little bit earlier, 3.05 p.m. Central. And then just to give the complete picture, the Cubs will go back to Wrigley, or rather Chicago, um, after that series, they get Friday off and they play the White Sox for a two-game set at their ballpark. They're calling it guaranteed rate field now. I always call it the cell for whatever reason, just how I grew up. And that's where the Cubs are. So currently, they're six games above 500. They're 45 and 39. They're half a game up as far as we know. Um, and the rest of the entire Central as it stands now, the Cardinals are three and a half games back of the Cubs, the Pirates four and a half games back. Of course, these guys are still playing. And the Reds with their win over the Cubs in that last game, they are five and a half games back. The complete uh, National League uh, picture right now, the Braves are 50 and 34. The Dodgers not slowing down, 56 and 29. So the Cubs have lost ground in the complete National League picture, but at the very least, despite their underperformance, still in first place, waking up Monday morning, things could be worse, and if there's any optimism, it's those standings right now, Corey. Uh, so let me remove that optimism for you, Brendan, uh, because oh, as we were recording okay. this, the Brewers did win Sunday's game. All right, so, so we, we are tied, tied in first place. atop the okay. NL Central, the Brewers and Cubs, now with identical records, so... Lovely. That is uh, where things are at. And again, like as we're wrapping up here, I, I just want to reiterate that that is like kind of in a nutshell uh, where that kind of angst comes from. Uh, this team is still in first place. They're over five hundred. Uh, we're we're obviously in the best stretch of Cubs baseball that certainly Brendan or I have seen in our lives, right? And that's not lost on us, but. I think it's fair to look at the way that they have been playing, certainly over the last few weeks here, and say that it hasn't been good. I, I, I think that there are just certainly times where only focusing on positives and acting like everything is great is not really that productive. And so I, I hope that you guys, you know, understand that and, and don't take a lot of the criticisms as necessarily indicting this season as a whole or our hopes for this season. I think it was one episode or two episodes ago. I said, they're going to win the division. You can quote me on that. And I'm not changing that. So I believe in this team. I believe that this front office is going to make changes as we go towards a trade deadline here and that, that this team is going to have a chance to compete uh, for the playoffs and ultimately for a World Series. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, but I think that there are just times where you can't sugarcoat stuff. It's fair to say they have not played good baseball over the last few weeks here. And I don't think it has to mean any more than that. Uh, so yeah. I hope that that, you know, kind of lands the way that we hope it does. Um, and it's pretty simple going forward here, like to the All-Star break. You got to play better baseball. 
man. That's really what Gotta it is. It you know, even Joe has talked about some of the sloppiness with this team, the lack of of clutch hitting, etc. And it's just got to be better than this, man. Like that, they are a better group than the way that they have played. They, you know, have held themselves to a higher standard. We hold them to a higher standard. And again, I, I believe we'll get there in the long run, but you, 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 it's fair to call them out on it, you know, in in the short term. So as we go forward here, let's have a good stretch before the All-Star break, rest a little bit, and, you know, kind of reevaluate things as we head towards that trade deadline and, you know, see what they ultimately want to do to make adjustments to this team. Yeah, and it's Again, it's a delicate balance. Like you, you nailed it right there, right? There's still optimism. You and I, you can quote us. We're, this team should win the division. And the fact that they're still in the position where they are in first place, again, given these disturbances, it's we're, we're fortunate. But they got to clean it up. I mean, even in the Red Series, Schwarber misplayed a ball. Descasso can't get to a ball. Contreras, wild pitches. Miss miscues all around. This is not the same team that we saw the past several years. They never made these errors. They never made these mental gaffes. And on the base paths, same same thing there. So before the All Star break hits, you just want to see them clean it up. At the very least, clean it up. You can still have these situational hitting problems, but you know if you play tight defense, good base running, those are not as magnified as they are right now. So that's. That's my priority for, for watching this team is just play cleaner. Play like you have the past three years on the base paths and defensively. That's where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like this is a tight division. So you're going to have to, uh, you know, put up or shut up at some point because you can't just be relying on looking at the scoreboard and hoping that everybody loses, uh, even though that's worked for a, a little while here. So yeah, let's uh, let's just see some some better baseball. But that's about all we have for you. Uh, it'll be nice to see Kyle Hendricks back on that mound on Tuesday. Obviously, that's a good thing. And you know, now that we're kind of through that little scare with him, so that that'll certainly be uplifting come Tuesday. And we will be back with you guys when the Cubs finish up this series. And guys, I'm telling you, if we have to go through this Descalso thing again, I swear uh, to God. Yeah, I I don't know. There might be screaming on the next (laughs) podcast. You guys might have to like take your earbuds out for that one. Full full explicit content there. It it really might, Brendan. I mean, if we have to deal with this again, we're going to drop some (laughs) F-bombs. I'm telling you. Um, Anyway, that's all we have for you. Uh, We will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys very much for listening and indulging us as we vent. Hopefully it's helpful or cathartic or something, right? But we appreciate your listenership and your participation and your support. And as always, go Cubs. Get grill ready with Walmart. Find all your faves like Oscar Mayer hot dogs, Kraft singles, and Heinz ketchup. Then don't miss your chance to win thousands of hot summer prizes with the Seize the Summer sweeps. There's camping kits, backyard movie packages, gift cards, and more. Summer is what you make it. So get out, get grilling, and get winning with Walmart. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 United States, including D.C., 18 and older, or 19 for residents of Alabama and Nebraska. Void where prohibited. Promotion ends 731-2020. For official rules and complete details, visit www.seizethesizzle.com. Sponsor Kraft Heinz Foods Company. Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy all in the same building. 
you, you've got it all. I mean, it's, it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.